Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Gons. And on today's episode, Alex and I are going to share the three things that we know now, financially speaking, that we wish we would have known earlier in our careers. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to this conversation. Before we jump into that, though, let's talk about what we're drinking today, Alex. So today we are drinking Dayfall. It is a Belgian white beer from Stone Brewery down in California. The alcohol content is a 5.5 and the IBU is a 13. Uh, As Alex said, it's a Belgian white. And uh, it's, what are your thoughts on it, Alex? This is different than than most Belgian whites that I've had. I I love Belgian white beers. this has a, it's, it's a different taste. Um, and, uh, they, they've, they've blended some orange peel in there. And I think that's, that's what I'm tasting that, that citrus, uh, style taste to it. It, uh, it's interesting. It, it it's definitely not what I would expect from a, a traditional Belgian white, um, you know, I think of traditional Belgian whites as like a, a really refreshing beer, a great beer for, for a hot summer day. Um, I'm not sure where this would really fit. Um, like Stone is one of my favorite breweries. I, I love Stone Brewery. They put out a lot of really good stuff. This, this one just isn't one of my favorites. Yeah, I tend to like Belgians as well. Uh, the orange is, is definitely a different uh, take into a Belgian. So that's... Uh, it's definitely an interesting thing, but if 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 you like Belgians and you happen to be uh, near the the brewery there in California, check it out and check out their other beers as well. Absolutely. So why don't we now transition into uh, the topic at hand here? So let's talk about the things that we know now that we wish we would have known when we first uh, got started in our careers. Sounds good. And it's, this it's, is this is financially related, right? So there's there's several things I wish I knew from a maturity level. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some of that comes from experience. Some of that just comes from pure stupidity. Um, but, and that's speaking for myself. I am not speaking for Alex uh, on that piece. Uh, but financially, uh, and if those of you, obviously we're not on video. If you could see Alex right now, he was holding his, <laughs> his laughter in, I think. So um, very much so. <laughs> So we're going to talk about, you know, I've got three main things that I wish I truly understood financially speaking um, when I got out of school and I started my first, my first job that I now know obviously very, very well considering my, my job and, and my career choice today. Um, you know, when I, when I first got out of school, you know, my upbringing around money, there wasn't a lot of conversation around money. You know, we would have random conversations. Like I remember when my dad sat me down and talked about the mortgage and how much money he's actually going to pay. It's not just the loan amount, it's the loan plus the interest. And he sat down and shared that with me. And that, that was eye-opening to be, uh, to be honest, but there wasn't any kind of common things that I that help you make decisions financially. And I, I wish a lot of this stuff was taught in school early on. I had a conversation with my mom actually this past weekend about this, but you know, without me rambling on too much here, th- there are really, for me, it's three things that I wish I understood that I think I, it would have me much more financially 
not that I'm not doing well financially right now, but I'd be that much further had I known this from the get-go. And the first one is focusing on your savings rate rather than what type of rate of return you can get on your investments. Yeah. I mean, this one's huge, right? I mean, so many people focus on, on rate of return um, and they, they wind up focusing on things that they, they can't control as opposed to the things that they, they can control. Um, like well, my story things. behind this is right. Like even my parents, you might, my own father, I remember getting out of school and he said, make sure you put money into your 401k because that rate of return is going to be really important for you. And then you'd go on, you know, I'd, I'd read, not that I had a ton of uh, interest at that point around investments and rates of return, but anything, anytime I did start to read stuff, it was all geared around rate of return. So I thought that was the most important aspect. And as soon as I sat down and learned that the savings rate is more important because A, it's the one thing you can control. You can't truly control rate of return. And that has a compounding effect in and of itself if you're saving that. Like had I just truly understood that, right? A lot of things could have been different, right? I could have started my company way sooner in my career, right? There's, There's little things that could have changed. Let's spend just maybe 30 seconds talking about why there's such a focus on rate of return. It, it's, it's all driven for the most part by, by media. And the, the reason why that occurs is that they're looking for eyeballs. And when you can focus on either greed or fear as it relates to rate of return and have it be this constantly changing, constantly evolving, you have to constantly be paying attention and constantly be watching the news, which is exactly what they're looking for with the you know, more eyeballs. Um, and so that's why it's such a commonly discussed topic as opposed to the, the advice of focus on, rate of, on your savings rate because that's the thing you can control. Like, yes, we need to constantly be looking at our savings rate and constantly be trying to tweak it and and increase it where we can. And it's important to pay attention to what's going on in the markets. But at the same time, that advice is very boring and very repetitive and it's not going to attract people. Yep. And it it, obviously the rate of return attracted me, right? Like who doesn't want to put a dollar somewhere and then get a thousand dollars back, Right. It just doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's, it's over a, a long period of time. So the, the second thing that, that was huge for me now, only because I realized if something had occurred, my life would be much different. And just stuff that's happened with my personal family that has me realize how lucky I am. And that's protecting against the worst threats to your income. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I first had my first child, uh, I sat down with a life insurance agent and bought life insurance. And looking back at how much I bought at that time and knowing what I know now, if something had happened to me, my wife and family would have a much different lifestyle. They would be requiring probably family members to come in and help. And the last thing I want, and this is me personally, The last thing I want is my parents or my wife's parents having to spend their retirement money 
to take care of my family. Right. And that's not just, that's just not life insurance. You know, that's not just disability insurance, legal documentation, power of attorneys, health directives. It's not a fun conversation, but looking back on that, had something occurred, I don't even want to think about how that would put my wife into a horrible, horrible situation. For sure. I mean, you and I constantly refer to that as the, uh, the eating your vegetables conversation. Um, it's the, the thing that a lot of people, and I mean, there's plenty of people out there that love vegetables, but, uh, um, you know, for, for you and for a lot of people eating vegetables is something that we have to do, not something that we want to do. Um, and so again, it dovetails nicely into that conversation of what we, we really have to have that conversation first, because it's critical that we protect our most precious resource, our cash flow, our income. If we don't, we'll, A, we'll never come back around to it. And, and B, um, it, we're, we're, we're living in a fairy tale. Yep. So I'll bring up my third item here. And that's the, the concept of time value of money. And you know, that's, that's money that's available at the present time. It's worth more now than the same amount in the future. And to take that one step further, what I mean by that is, as you read articles, as you're talking to people about money money conversations, they always say, well, if you put your money here, then your money could, you'll, you'll pay less in interest, right? If you overpay on your debt, you pay less in interest. Or if you put your money there, you can get a chance at a higher rate of return. It was always either or. It was never, well, let's look at what else you could do rather than just those two options, right? Like the prime example here is, well, if I, if I turn my 30-year mortgage into a 15-year mortgage or I try to pay it off sooner, I'll pay less in interest. That's a really good decision. <laughs> and it might be, like, don't take that as like, you should never do that. I don't know your personal situation. However, what you should consider and what I never considered is, well, where else could I put my money and what would that do in comparison to giving it to the mortgage company? Like those, and I know that seems like a, like a note, like duh, Ryan, like, why wouldn't you think of that? Well, I'd make a strong argument that most of you listening do that in some capacity, maybe just not in that thought process a hundred percent love hearing you say that and talk this way um i mean it's something where like when we first started working together that was the biggest that was the biggest uh, uh conversation and and like discussions that we had were, were around making sure that we were taking into account time value of money and how that worked and how to walk through some of the calculations and things of that nature. Um, and, and to, and to see how far you've come in such a short period of time. Uh, and I, and I get that, you know, five years doesn't feel like a short period of time, but it's such a Titanic change, uh, in, in thinking um, and so few people actually think about it from that standpoint. Um, it, it's, I, I, I love, I love hearing this, buddy. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's eye-opening and I look at my finances differently and I can only imagine how much money has fallen, fallen off my balance sheet already that I could have recouped and put somewhere else. So yeah. well, um, the best time to, to, to make those types of changes and to, to change that thinking yesterday, right now. It, you know, it's right now, like we, we can't go back and change the past. So it is right now. Um, so if, if, if you are unsure what Ryan just said, reach out to a financial planner, financial advisor, and make sure you have a conversation around time value of money and how that works. Um, and we're happy to have that conversation with you, uh, but make sure that you're having that conversation. So Alex, those are the, the top three things that I would say when I get that question asked of me um, from family members. Uh, you know, what, what would you say to that question? So the, the, there's three things that I've got as well. Um, it, the first two are going to you know, maybe sound a little bit repetitive, uh, but the, the, they've impacted me in a little bit different manners. So I'm going to try and differentiate between the two of them. Uh, the first is I wish that I would have purchased more disability insurance early in my career. Uh, I, I had group coverage through work. I went out and got a relatively small policy, uh, you know, several years into the, into, uh, to being an advisor. Uh, but what happened was that policy was limited. I wasn't able to, to have, uh, any type of, uh, guaranteed issue, uh, or way of increasing that policy. And unfortunately what's happened is from a disability standpoint, I'm currently not insurable. And so even though I want to go get more disability coverage, I'm not able or eligible to do so. And so the amount of coverage that I have, the amount of protection that I have for my income is dramatically less than what I want. Um, and so the, like, this is, it's just something that has, it's caused me to now live my life a little bit differently. Um, it, it's, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more hesitant and fearful mm -hmm. of, uh, experiencing uh, a disability and it, it's, it's causing some cognitive dissonance in my head of being, you know, what I do every day is help protect people's income. And I, now I'm, I'm unable to do that for myself. Um, so that's the first one. Well, and that's, uh, it's, they, <laughs> I'm thinking back at, you know, the Alex Collins, 20 year old self, right. As much as of an analytic of a person that you are, I'm sure disability insurance and like just insurance alone was never fun to think about, nor did you, you know, you really thought, you know, I think most of us in our twenties think we're to some degree invincible, even though we've all heard that terminology and we don't truly believe it. Unfortunately, our actions don't match our belief sometimes. Oh, no, no, no. My actions followed that. And my belief was that I was invincible. So um, that in high school, I ran around saying like, Hey, if I wind up in a wheelchair by the time I'm 40, I'll have had a whole heck of a lot of fun doing so. Yep. And man, am I regretting some of those decisions and some of those actions now? Well, it just comes with, uh, that comes with life experience, right? Like a 20 year old is never going to act like, well, most of the time never acts like a 40 year old or a 50 year old, right? It comes through experience. We think of things differently. You know, for those of you are, that are earlier in your career listening to this, this is probably getting annoying maybe to some degree. Um, but Think, think long-term for a second, right? Do you want to be married with kids? 
let's just take that. What might change in your mind when that occurs that you think won't change now? Like what's different? So I, I'll drop that topic for today, but I, I wish someone had sat me down and said, okay, when you have kids, do you think you might take approach to life slightly different? Yeah. When, I mean, so much of it is just the, oh, well, I'll take care of that later. Yep. And you don't always have the opportunity to take care of it later. Um, you know, the second thing is I, I wish I would have purchased more life insurance um, and, and made the purchases that I did make a little bit differently. Um, now, I probably have more life insurance coverage than, than most. Um, but again, because of some of the things that have, have occurred in, in my life, uh, I have some limitations on the ability to A, go acquire more, um, and B, um, be able to, to have it structured the way in which I want to. Um, and, and so I wish that I would have done things a little bit differently when I first started my career 20 years ago. Um, and there's, there's some choices that got made that they can't be unmade. Um, and the only thing I can do is now try to, to be an advocate for everybody else and help them understand like, Hey, here's where I am. Here's the decisions that I made here, are the decisions that I wish I would have made. Um, and, and so having, having more flexibility with, with how things got structured, um, is something that I, I wish, I wish would have been done a little bit differently. Yeah, I can see how that ties with with number one, but it's two separate issues. So I, I get I get that, and and a lot of what we just what we were talking about in number one around the disability insurance applies to the life insurance side. It's the exact same. Yeah, so. absolutely. What's what's your third one? Uh, the third one is having a having a better understanding of where to put tax favorable dollars. Um, you know, so we talk, when we talk about tax favorable dollars, we're talking about whether you get a tax deduction on the front end or mm -hmm. having it be tax free on the back end, whether you get deferred growth, uh, as you go through, pardon me, as you go through life. And the, uh, the, the thinking that I've had around this topic has changed and changed dramatically, um, over the, you know, 20 years that I've been uh, a financial advisor. Um, and so much of it is, is just really, as you said earlier, maturing, but also learning more and having a deeper understanding for how our tax structure works uh, and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, I've always been gifted at math. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I was a math Olympiad when I was in, uh, in school. Of course uh, you were. Yeah. Right, number one in the state, baby. Um, and if you want, I can go pull out the trophy. No, I, I don't have it. No. And no. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's something where, um, like, I I innately know that when you have multiplication, it doesn't matter the order in which the multiplication occurs. And so, whether we get the 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 tax deduction on the front end or get the tax deduction on the back end, if all of the rates are the same, there is no advantage to taking it at the beginning versus taking it at the end. And so that really the only thing that's going to change is, okay, what does it look like now versus in the future? Um, and so I, I wish that I would put less dollars into traditional 401k in my 20s because those dollars were 
barely receiving any type of tax advantage because I didn't make that much money in my twenties. Right. Um, and you know, the, the, the specter or the possibility of having more taxes in the future is becoming more and more likely in my opinion. And so I wish that I would have had more dollars inside of uh, tax-free vehicles on the back end. It's as we, you know, I was, I was thinking about this just the other day um, when I, when I was asked the question and I'm, I'm, we are really hoping that you all that are listening, take this and think about, okay, what is it, you know, now, like what about in your life, what's changed? And so we're we're hoping this episode was valuable for you. We're hoping that some of the things that we've learned, maybe you'll look into now, if it, if you haven't thought about that and that way you can not hopefully make the same mistakes that we did. Well, and even if you did make the same mistakes that, that we did, if you're able to correct them now versus continuing to make those same mistakes, you know, for the next five, 10, 15 years it to, until you get towards or at retirement, it, it'll be huge to be able to, to, to correct those now. You know, as I said earlier, the best time to make a, a change and correct the correct some of the things that we may not be doing properly is right now. Yep. And as you said, the next best time is, Hey, if I could have done this five years or five years ago or 10 years ago, that would have been better. Well, we can't make that choice now. Yep. So we hope this episode is valuable for you. And I think that takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Uh, The question of the day is what are the, what are the, what's the number one thing that you wish you would have known early in your career around finances that you now know. So make sure to head over towards holistic-finance.com. And at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer that question. Uh, As well as if you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to uh, through us through that site as well. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711, telephone number 909391100, securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC, financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burkle, Air Insurance License Number 15319412, CA Insurance License Number 0K249924, Alexander Collins, Air Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806, Point Number 2021-118642, Expiration March 2023.